Welcome to Financial Solutions with Dr. Nicole. Financial solutions for what your everyday issues may or may not be. You're going to tell me all of the issues that you may have, and we're going to write a prescription just for you. The doctor's session is in order. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am your host, Reverend Dr. Nicole B. Simpson, the financial doctor. You have tuned in to Financial Solutions with yours truly, and we are so honored to be here on today. This uh, week's financial advice is going to be dedicated to individuals that did not have a straight line toward financial planning and financial freedom. What happens when life gets in the way? Oftentimes, we'll find ourselves in a place or a position uh, where life throws us a curveball. I remember that for myself when I was a World Trade Center survivor working on the 73rd floor of Two World Trade Center and then found myself dealing with health challenges after the fact. Did not know that it would affect my ability to earn. Today, we have two amazing women from two sides of the spectrum, a young lady by the name of Deja Dale, 20 years old, and her life was flipped, turned upside down like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air talked about. And then the Reverend Dr. Angel Holcomb, both of them experiencing uh, some medical tragedies in their lives that affected their financial freedom. But don't you worry. I believe that the doctor's offers hours are open, and we have a financial solution even for them. So I hope you enjoy this. But more importantly, I pray that you're inspired and recognize it, that we can create a solution for you. Let's talk to them. There was a period of time in which I thought that you should be able to create a plan of action and stick to the plan if you had enough discipline. Today, I'm so excited to talk to Deja Dale, a young lady that I've known uh, all of her life. Uh, and know that uh, those things that we may as advisors think of sometimes may not always be the right financial solution. Deja, I would love for you to, um, first of all, say thank you for, for joining us today, but I would love for you to share with our audience some of your background, the challenges that you've had, not only with your mom, but your brother and yourself as it relates to your health today because I want people to understand how our health affects our finances. Absolutely, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, well, as she stated, my name is Deja Dale. Um, I am currently 29 years old. I'll be 30 this summer. Um, I went through a really challenging point in my life about roughly nine and a half years ago. My mom um, got diagnosed with stage four cancer. By God's grace, she is still here today. And it is God and God alone that I, I thank for that. Cause at one point she was so bad off that she was in hospice. My mother was in and out of hospitals and um, she was in in-home hospice and hospice facility as well as a nursing rehab. And uh, when she first got diagnosed, we were living in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. And the surgery that she needed um, basically to help sustain her life they refused to do on her because they said that they that they knew for a fact she wouldn't make it. She wasn't strong enough to, to pull through. So after a lot of trauma and enduring watching her like that, and then also having um, my own child, because I have a son who will be 13 actually next month, that I was taking care of as a single mother, as well as taking care of my autistic little brother. Um, he's currently 16 and he's come a long way in his progress as well. But at that time, 
all of that was falling on the shoulders of a just 20 year old girl. I had all of this to carry on my shoulders. It was rough watching her go in and out of the hospitals. They would they would pull me to the side pretty much every visit uh, when she was in the hospital or in the hospice house and say, I'm sorry, Ms. Dale, I don't think your mom's gonna make it through the night. And all of that took a toll on me mentally because while all of that was going on, I had already had my own health issues that I was dealing with. I got diagnosed with stage, um, I'm sorry, not stage, with pancreatic, chronic pancreatitis when I was just 14 years old. Um, for those that are unaware of what chronic pancreatitis is, it is just exactly what it sounds like, chronic inflammation of your pancreas, and um, your pancreas breaks down your, your sugar and your fat. So with my not functioning properly, I'm pretty much almost always in a lot of pain. So I had that going on. Um, I now know at the time I was having heart issues and I hadn't been properly diagnosed at the time yet. And I was just thinking that it was just stress. And, you know, for me being stressed and overwhelmed, that's all it was. Come to find out years later, um, I didn't get properly diagnosed until I was 25, I believe. I have congenital heart disease. So dealing with the chronic pancreatitis, congenital heart disease, and then, you know, being a single mom, and you might as well say of two because of me having to take care of my autistic little brother and then having to take care of my mom. That was a lot. It was I a lot. I want to jump in here because, like I said, I know you very well. And I want the audience to understand that we're asking people to have some level of financial freedom. Uh, here you are. You're 20 years old. You have an autistic brother. You have a mother that's diagnosed with stage four cancer. And you're a young mother. And yep. so for any individuals, if you're 50, 60, or 70 years old, that's a lot to take on someone. So here's yes. someone who's 20 years old, not fully educated because you have responsibilities that um, warrant your attention elsewhere. And yep. so I, I want the audience to really get what has transpired in your life. How have things been financially? How were you able to navigate through all of those challenges because you're about to be 30 years old. Yes, I'm about to be 30 in July. Yes. Um, so at the time when this was occurring, I was working at Circle K, which is a gas station for those that don't know. I was working at Circle K, second and third shift, um, sometimes pulling doubles because we had a lot of employees that would call out all the time. So obviously working at a gas station, you're not making very much at all. So during this time, we went through, um, I'll never forget because this occurred on my birthday, we went through an eviction. We had just moved into this really beautiful condo when we were still in Charlotte. And I mean, gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And my mom at the time was in the hospital and they were getting ready to do surgery on her. I had just had an interview for uh, one of those armored truck companies. They hired me that same day that we got evicted. I had to go and take my polygraph test. I was literally on my way out the door to go take my polygraph test. And then following the polygraph, I was going to go be there for my mom. As I was walking out of the door to take my polygraph test, the sheriff and the property manager were at the door to evict us. So on top of dealing with all the emotional stuff that I was dealing with on my birthday, I had to gather what I could and pack it up with the kids in my car and my little four tourists that I had at the time 
and we were sleeping out of my car. Uh, we were sleeping at the hospital with my mom. And then at one point when they had moved her to the hospice house, we were sleeping in the hospice house with her. So needless to say, we ended up needing a lot more help than I was getting. At that point, that was my, my breaking point as a young lady and saying, okay, I can't do this anymore. So I'm from New Jersey originally. Um, and all of our family was basically like, well, you know, you're so far away. So if you move back here, we'll be able to help you better. Okay. I'm overwhelmed at this point. I'm like, I need help. I need help. I can't do this anymore. So we go, um, we end up staying with family for like the first week or so while we were there. And then I got us into um, an apartment in Jersey City. Not the best place, um, not ideal, but it was something at the time. We were there for less than a year because as you know, uh, family will say one thing, but when it's time, a lot of them are not on the front lines like they claim that they would be when you're far away. Those that were there, uh, such as Dr. Nicole and her lovely, beautiful sister, Sanji. That's just a name, two out of the very few people that were actually there for us. Um, they came through. They came through. They, they had to come down while we were still in Charlotte. And they were an absolute godsend when they when you know we were there. And um, they did all that they could to help. But so we were only back home uh, for less than a year. And I was like, okay, well, this is not ideal either. This is not cutting it. Um, they didn't want right. They, they didn't want to. They didn't want to do the surgery on her either. So fast forward, um, the beginning of 2016, we end up here where we are now, Columbus, Ohio. They finally got her to a proper hospital. She currently is a patient of the uh, James Hospital, which is the. If I'm not mistaken, no, sorry. If I'm not mistaken, the second best cancer um, hospital in the U.S. So she's now a patient of the James. They finally do the surgery on her that nobody wanted to do on her. So that helped her a whole lot, obviously put us in a better position when she was able to help take that stress off of me just a little bit more um, as, a, as opposed to me doing everything on my own. But in that process of her healing, we moved back in with my uncle, with her brother. Um, she ended up qualifying through her case manager for a home health aid. The owner of the home health aid company met me and he said, hey, are you currently working right now? I said, no, because at the time my mom was just taking care of everything with her social security and disability for herself and my brother. And I said, no, I'm actually not working right now. He said, how would you like to get paid to do what you're already doing? And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, you can qu you qualify to be your mother and your little brother's home health aide. So that was a huge blessing for me, a huge blessing because to, to think, okay, I'm sitting here stressed. I'm looking for a job, but something that can be flexible with the possibility of me having to leave, you know, at the drop of a dime because something might be going on at home that, that needs my attention. Not uh, a very ideal situation to be in when you're looking for work and you have children and then a mother who's sick. So let me interject. Let me interject for a moment. So now you're in a position where you have stability on your job. Yes. Primarily doing all of the things that uh, are critical to your mom's well-being. Exactly. And so you indicated that your desire for your financial goal would be to set up emergency cash 
and put things on auto pay. Yes. So now knowing your situation, I think I have a solution for you that might be uh, feasible just for you. I yeah. want people to hear the significant portion of your story because I thought it was important for people to recognize that life does happen. It does. That, that even at the tender age of 20 and for the last decade, not only have you been dealing with the issues and the cares of your mother and your brother that's autistic, you yourself have been in and out of the hospital. So uh -huh. what can Deja do in order to get her financial affairs in order? The first thing that I want to share with you um, that you can do is, uh, given that you're now working um, consistently, mm -hmm. uh, seek after your company to determine whether or not they have what's called a 401k plan because you work right. for a profitable company. And so the first thing that you want to begin to do is begin saving in your 401k, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and determine whether or not this uh, company matches you dollar for dollar, you know, um, and whatever that percentage is. Do that at least. You want to start there. The second thing that you're able to do, because resources may be limited throughout the year, especially because you have different intervals in which you can work. Other people may not know this, but um, you know you have regularly gone in and out of the hospital. So the second mm -hmm. thing that becomes important is now you're a mother of not just um, you know one child; you have three. So. Mm -hmm. Tax season time, usually an individual that's earning what it is that you earn may mm -hmm. get a larger refund. So once a year at minimum, begin to see mm -hmm. if you can set aside X amount of dollars, maybe yes. 10, 15, 20% of what it is that you get. You may not be able to do savings uh, each week, each month, mm -hmm. as one would typically say, but if you're putting that one lump sum amount away once yes. a year, you will find that that too will help you to achieve the financial goals uh, that you have. The third thing that I would invite you to do, uh, oftentimes people will do it is uh, they turn hobbies into resources and income. You're very artistic, uh, overall information that you have provided. And so begin to see if that's something that can be cultivated into more understanding that you have the freedom and the flexibility to do that in your own time. But um, I think it's very important for people to realize that life doesn't always allow you to have a, a straight line to financial freedom. And some right. people's roadway to having that is a little more challenging of, than others. I thank you so much for just joining us today, uh, You know, just being able to share your own story and where it is that you're standing. Do you have any additional questions for the financial doctor? Um, I want to say that so so much questions there's a couple more comments that i wanted to make um i also because like you said um you know i've been dealing with my my own stuff with my heart i'm currently in the process of them trying to figure out if i need a pacemaker or not so that's a whole different situation and story but in in the meantime in between time as far as my artistic excuse me artistic ability i'm actually currently writing a poetry book that i have not announced because i just wanted to drop it i just wanted to because for years i'm sure you've seen because you know we're family i've talked about this poetry book for a long time and i said okay it was my own self standing in the way of not doing it out of fear of well what if they don't like this what if i'm not writing it for anyone but myself at this point and i have plans to drop it for my 30th birthday so july 7th that is when i will be dropping the book um but you're absolutely right about turning hobbies into income. And I, I said, you know, it would be selfish of me to keep my artistic ability to myself, whether that be me writing music, poetry, 
um, drawing, painting, making arts and crafts, it will be absolutely selfish of me to keep those talents to myself because God blessed me with those abilities for a reason. So, so I want to say thank you. And we will make sure that other individuals are aware of what it is that yes. you're doing. Thank you for being so inspiring. I know you. Uh, that you have been a blessing. Coming up next, I'm so excited um, to really uh, have this conversation. Uh, here is an individual that has been uh, the doctor, uh, you know, um, who has also um, uh, been a tremendous asset uh, to me in my life. Dr. Angel Holcomb is... Uh, you know, just as beautiful as she wants to be. But uh, your story is not a straight line either, Dr. Holcomb, a PhD in sociology. You know, we want to make sure that people understand it's an earned doctorate from Columbia University. Uh, and you, if you don't mind, give us your, you know, your life narrative, how you started off. At, you know, she's in Delta as well, everyone. Uh, how you started off overall, uh, you know, as you began, you know, inspired by being a doctor and young, Black, and, you know, you just thought your life was going to take a different turn. Share with us a little bit about what's going on with you. Well, first of all, Dr. Reverend Dr. Nicole B. Simpson, CFP, it is an honor to be on your podcast. I, I was not on the inaugural podcast, uh, but I am so glad to be uh, here on the, uh, the second uh, round of, of your podcast today. It is truly a blessing and an honor to, to be here with you today. Uh, you know, everybody knows that you know two things, Jesus and money. So why not talk to the lady that knows the person that's in charge of the money, right? Let's talk about that. So, uh, <laughs> but you know what? Um, you're absolutely right. For me, um, I am, I am one of those people that you know. Um, thanks be to God, I had all of the boxes checked off. You know, I was someone that, uh, you know, I graduated from school on time. Uh, I went to college on time. Winds up getting knocked up the first year, but you know, that's how that goes uh, a lot of times. You know, you do what you got to do. Um, and But I still managed. I was able um, to still uh, manage to get out of school on time. I was able uh, to, to get a, a really amazing job because at that point uh, in my life, uh, political science was supposed to be the beginning and the end of, of my life and career. And this is way before Kerry Washington uh, uh, was the scandal lady. So, um, you know, I, I had mapped out a road where I was really going to be a, a political strategist from, from the beginning of my career to the end of my career in New York, um, coming from a family uh, that, that has a very interesting path, but nonetheless has always afforded me some pretty amazing opportunities and connections, um, and also being a member of the greatest sorority in the world, Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated. Uh, you know, you have a lot of, um, you know, just amazing resources in people. And and so, you know, I started off life really, uh, you know, doing well until I got to 27. And at 27 years old, and we all uh, can attest that, you know, normally your 20s and your 30s are what they call your earning years. Those are the years that you want to make those connections. Those are the years that you want to uh, really kind of uh, get as much under your belt from a professional perspective as you can. Um, uh, you know, 27 hit and uh, en route from a flight from DC to New York, I pass out. Don't know why, um, but at that point, um, 
my my little cells in my body decided that they were they had had enough and had overworked themselves to a degree. And when I went in, they said, "Well, you have one of two things: either you have HIV or you have cancer." I said, "Well, I know it's not the first one, and let's <laughs> pray that it's not the second one." <laughs> uh, and basically, what they discovered is that I uh, had stage four breast cancer and that I had a lump uh, four by six. Uh, by five lodged into uh, my chest cavity on the left side of my body and that they were going to need to go in and they were going to need to, to at that point, they thought we're going to have to, you know, was going to have to remove my breast. Uh, I went through that. It winds up not having uh, to be a mastectomy at that time. And so, you know, you're rejoicing. You're thinking, you know what? I'm the one that got away. Praise God. You know, uh, you know, by that time, I'm a woman, you know, of God. I love I'm a woman of faith. I love God. You know, and so I just, you know, I was like, you know, I beat the odds. And then, you know, you, you go on a little bit further and then you get through 27. Uh, then you get the 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, bam, 33. Ah, hit again at this time on the other side and so this time unfortunately for me at that point it wind up turning into a double mastectomy and one of the things that I really um want to stress is that even though I had gotten through the physical aspect of the first uh incident with the breast cancer I never recovered mentally and I didn't know it right I was a person uh, that was just so used to uh, things kind of being, um, you know, back to normal. You feel good. You know, at that point, I was still going to work with drains in my side, not realizing like that's not normal. It's not okay. I want to pause there for a moment because I think that this is a very important thing about how many people have to continue trying to maintain the level of work ethics that they had to try to do, you know, sickness and working to maintain some standard of living. And then your body is not really capable of recuperating or, um, you know, recovering in the way that one would. And then the financial toil that it can take, because even though you're working, now you have some additional expenditures that people don't oftentimes associate with being ill. So they see that you're still this amazing strategist, you're still going out, you're still working, still doing all of those things. But the added cost that is associated with being um, you know, impacted physically in your body, the inability to work every day. I think people don't understand how impactful that can be. Let's talk about that just a little bit as well. Well, you know what? One of the things I will say is um, at that time, the company that I was working for, I had the Rolls Royce of healthcare. And so even though I did not have a whole bunch of bills piling up in, I'll be honest, my co-pays and things of that nature uh, were definitely minimal. Um, what I did realize is that uh, from a mental health perspective, what I found myself doing was trying to overcompensate so that people would not take my work and begin to shift it to other people or that potential clients would not say, uh, you know, you're looking kind of, you know, gray there. Is everything okay? Can we trust you to make sure that we can get to the end of the election cycle? Um, you know, quite frankly, at that on, on the second go around of of the of you know uh, becoming ill, I was actually managing uh, a very significant part of. Um, 
former President Barack Obama's campaign here in New York. And um, at that point, you know, being a, a Black female uh, in, in a shark tank, uh, you know, it was something that I really found myself um, wearying myself out. Um, and, you know, I, I'll be honest, at that point, you know, because I was making the kind of money I was, I was able to alleviate, uh, you know, uh, my family in some areas um, of their lives. Uh, from being able to have to, you know, worry, you know, I think sometimes when we are the first to make it on in, in, in a certain way, and I'll be honest, I was the first to make it legally, uh, you know, where we don't have to watch anybody over our shoulder, um, that it gave us a, a greater deal. It gave me a greater uh, deal of responsibility, but it also gave me a greater deal of flexibility and the people that I love um, that I made myself responsible for, um, you know, a little bit more secure. And that added a lot of pressure. And mentally, uh, what I did not understand is that I was deteriorating, even though there were, you know, different challenges that were happening physically the second time that did not happen the first time. See, the first time I kind of was able to bounce back. And, you know, when you're younger, your body is able uh, to recuperate and to recover. Yes. Um, but that second time, because of the severity of the of the illness and the, uh, the you know, one thing people don't understand about Black women with breast cancer, and I don't want to take up too much time with that is that we have the most severe and the most rapid form of breast cancer uh, that is out. <laughs> and, you know, it's very unfortunate um, for us that a lot of us do not realize those signs because we, uh, you know, count our tiredness as just, you know, we charge it to the game. You know what I mean? We charge it as, you know, well, it's just something that I got to go through. I'm no different than anybody else. So by the time we, we had that late detection, you know, it's already foregone. And so what happened was, uh, you know, uh, that second hit was something that I could not manage financially. I still had a, uh, you know, a great measure of insurance. I still had a great support team. But at that point, I had to give up my apartment. I had to move back into my dad's house. Um, and it was not pretty, you know, because you go from being very independent um, to now all of a sudden you're in your childhood bedroom and, you know, things are just, you know, not what it is that you want them to be. You know what I mean? You don't have an ideal situation anymore. Um, you're watching all of what it is that your savings uh, were dwindle um, and not even just dwindle, but disappear basically. Uh, yeah, and no, then you know, together, yeah, and and you know what? I'll be honest. Um, even though I was responsible, I was not responsible. You know, I was a person that, as long as bills were paid, I felt like I was being responsible. Not understanding uh, that, you know, at twenty seven, it should have taught me a lot more about short term and long term disability. It should have taught me a lot of things uh, that I should have paid attention to um, initially, and so it put me very far back in. Um, into debt, and by oh. that time, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say, so you're here, you're here, you're in this position right now where you are working ferociously and capable <laughs> of recovery with new things going on in your life and in your world. Um, what are some of the goals that you would like to achieve by the end of 2022? And then we're going to write a prescription for you because I know a little bit about you as well. All right, all right. I think you do, Doc. I think you do. So, okay. So fast forward, I, I God gave me an amazing wealth manager, even when I didn't have wealth to manage. And, uh, you know, uh, 
put me back on a path of hope because the first thing that had to be restored for me um, was my ability to understand that there is life after trauma as far as, you know, um, experiencing loss by way of your finances. You know, for uh, a great deal of time, um, I really just had given up hope that I would ever have that level of money again, access to that level of money again. And so one of the goals that I definitely want to achieve besides uh, having a debt-free wedding uh, but, uh, uh, for before the end of 2022 is that we would definitely like to be in a home, um, you know, uh, you know, and in a good position where we have a good rate and, and things of that nature. Um, and I would just also like to pay off, um, you know, two things that I actually just acquired right uh, recently. I'd like to just pay those two things off and they're pretty big ticket items. And that's it. That I mean, to be honest, to be able to save, to be able to live uh, and to be able to just uh, be able to take a deep breath uh, without having to worry. So I'm so glad that you were able to not only share your testimony, but I do have a prescription for you because I think it's very important for people to see that both sides of the spectrum, you know, uh, individuals still can experience some level of financial trauma. Um, the first thing that I want to acknowledge and, and that I would say to you, uh, you know, in terms of it is uh, your accumulation of contacts and resources and support mechanisms is your financial conduit for 2022 and moving beyond, which you already know relationships are key. And so uh, with all of the gifts and the talents and everything that you have in that regard, that is going to be a beautiful thing. The second thing that I would suggest that you do is always keep, and I don't like to tell people this all the time, but I think it's important in your case, always to keep a job that is a nine to five W-2 income major corporation job for healthcare. There are just some individuals that need to ensure that they have the ability to have the healthcare. You've had it before, uh, you know, but we know that that alleviates a lot of economic pressure and um, stress and anxiety that you have. The third thing that you want to be able to do is treat yourself well. You're in a new transition of uh, employment that has put you back to the level of where doctor ought to be financially. And that's a beautiful thing. Congratulations for this stage of your life. And you've been creative as well. So you've created multiple streams of income coming in. And so you're going to be able to leverage both your W-2 income that you're receiving along with 1099 income. And so when you're doing that and pulling it together, you are going to find yourself capable of recovering more rapidly than you would have been able to in the past. And so uh, if you're sticking with the W-2 income, then you want to make sure that you're setting up a 401k and maxing out there, but also take advantage of setting up, uh, you know, something for your independent practice so that you're making sure that you're saving on two fronts. You have the ability to do that. Uh, as far as I'm having a debt-free wedding, create a budget for the wedding. <laughs> Oftentimes when individuals find themselves uh, with these momentous opportunities and occasions and they want everything, uh, they, one thing that they fail to do is to create a budget and then stick with it. Uh, when you stick with the budget, then you know how much to set aside and um, you know how often predicated upon the um, paychecks that you have. I know that you know how to look for all of the discounts. Give yourself what it is you desire because you deserve it. But if you stick to the budget that you establish, 
established in the very beginning, then you will find yourself in a position where you can have everything that you want for that special day, but you're also making sure that you're financially responsible. As it relates to home ownership, uh, one of the beautiful things about home ownership that you have the opportunity to do, you will be a first time um, homeowner, so that will be great for you. The, the amount to get into the home uh, is one thing, is begin to research where it is that you desire to be now. Once you can determine where it is that you would desire to be, look at what the total income um, would be for that house. What does it um, cost to manage that? And begin to save that even now before you get into the home, before you're happily married. Because then what you're able to do is you're, you're creating the budget within your framework and you're saving at the same time because you're saving what would be going out each month for the home that you so desire. So to put it in black and white, so there's a level of understanding for those of you that are out there. If you know you want to purchase a half a million dollar home and you believe that the mortgage is going to be about $3,500, everything included, taxes, you know, um, homeowners, um, you know, insurance, all of those along with the mortgage payment, then you want to begin to adjust your income now by saving that $3,500 each month, because now you know that you can afford that type of home wherever it is that you're looking to go. I, I think that it's also important for you uh, to make sure that whatever those debt obligations are, see where you want to be at the end of the year, give yourself the level of time uh, that you need. If you're okay with paying it off in two years, take the number of payments that you have divided and say, I need to make this amount of payment to those high ticketed items for each one of those things and you'll find yourself achieving the goal. I would worry less about saving after tax dollars as long as you set up what it is that you need to set up in your 401k. At least you're getting started all the way across the board. That is the advice that the doctor would give to you, Dr. Holcomb. Is there any other questions that you may have for me? No, unless you know lotto numbers. If you got those, I'll take them, but I have a feeling. Well, no, uh, thank you so much, Dr. Simpson. I appreciate all of your remedy. I got my notes here, and of course, I'm going to listen uh, again so I can get the playback and make sure I got it all. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so very much. And listen, that's it. If you desire to be someone that uh, can join the financial doctor, I encourage you, I invite you. Not all roads lead to financial freedom in a straight line. We have to make sure that we take into consideration the curves of life. And so uh, I look forward my office hours are open. If you'd like to be a part of the financial solutions with Dr. Nicole, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. Someone will get back to you soon. Have a great week.